I want to welcome you to the Quality Christian Living Podcast. I am your host, David Friend. We're in our series dealing with success, prosperity, and abundance. Today's podcast is entitled, How to Live Abundantly. I'm really looking forward to this one. Today we're going to understand, get a better understanding of the word abundance and what it is and what it means to us. What should that word mean to us? We're going to look at why did Jesus say he wanted us to live life more abundantly. What was that all about? We want to understand how Christians can prosper, be successful, and live abundantly. We're going to learn the seven steps to abundant living. And let me challenge you. I have a little challenge in today's podcast. Let me challenge you to evaluate your thoughts on abundance. Wish I could talk to you in person, but that's a very important question. How do you feel about abundance? Before we get into that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again, I thank you for the opportunity I have to bring this podcast to those who've listened in today. I pray that you would bless it and that you would anoint it. And I invite the Holy Spirit to come in and do what only he can do, and that is to take this to a higher level. Take this to a level that I can't even imagine or even think about. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would guide my thoughts, help us to clarify what your word says about specific things about these issues. And I pray that those who are listening in today, their hearts would be open. And I pray that they would yield and submit to the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit so that as we go through this podcast today, they'll receive something very special. I believe that's going to take place. And I'll be careful now to give you the praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, now let's get into the topic, how to live abundantly. You know, the greatest abundance we will ever experience on earth is when we are forgiven of our sins and become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we pray that prayer and we ask Jesus into our life, we become a new creation. We become a totally different person. We are forgiven of the sins we've committed in our life, and those sins will never be remembered again. How could we live more abundantly than that? That, quite frankly, is the beginning of living abundantly when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. If you've not done that, I'd just like you to say, Father, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed. I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I promise to serve him all the days of my life. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you really meant it, that really is all we need to do to receive Jesus Christ. Now, you need to get into a good church. You need to find a church that preaches the truth, preaches the entire Word of God so that you can be blessed by it and grow in your faith. I hadn't planned to do that, but I believe the Holy Spirit intervened and kind of interrupted this podcast so I could do that at that time. So I pray that someone out there was blessed to understand how to become a follower of Jesus Christ and live the abundant life. So then when we become Christians, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us. He brings abundance to our thoughts and our actions. Think about that. Just even our thoughts, he brings abundance. And the actions that we take, he brings abundance. As believers, we receive the abundant promise we find in one of the scriptures. It's becoming one of my all-time favorites, and that's in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. I'm going to read that to you. It's in the New International Version, and it says here, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'll define that in just a second, but what does that mean to us relating to abundant living? Some of you might say, well, I underst- my understanding of that scripture is that there's no condemnation because we've been forgiven. That's true, and that's really what most people think it is, but there's far more outreaching information, I think, far-reaching definition, an expanded definition of what that really means, that there is no condemnation. Let me give you an example. In John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he said that the, the devil or Satan comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. 
And then Jesus said, but I've come to give life and give it to you more abundantly. Now, stealing and killing and destroying people, I would say is definitely condemnation. And so therefore, if Jesus said that we can live a righteous life and we can live a godly life and then we can live that life more abundantly and there's no condemnation in us, then why would that not also apply to not only our salvation, but our experiences in life, our health and our welfare, our finances, our marriage. There's no condemnation in our marriage. There's no condemnation in our health. There's no condemnation in our walk with God because Jesus defeated Satan and his attack upon Christians, upon followers of Jesus Christ. Therefore, Romans 8, 1, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I want you to receive that for every aspect of your life. If you have a physical problem, there's really no condemnation for you. So I pray in Jesus' name that you'll be healed. If you're dealing with a financial challenge, I pray in Jesus' name that you would receive the blessings that you need and that financial need would be solved and taken away in the name of Jesus. And I can go on and on list many, many things that no condemnation applies to. So you can't live the abundant life and be walking around in condemnation. And a lot of folks carry condemnation because they struggle with the things that they've done in the past that maybe God cannot forgive them of that. But remember, there is no condemnation for those past sins. They're removed as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. So when we look upon abundant living, that applies to many things, many, many things in our life. It's living a quality, full life. It's not just getting by or existing, should I say. It's not trying to make it from day to day and just trying and somehow I'm going to get through this thing. It's it's not making a statement like, how you doing today? And someone responds with, well, I'm still breathing. I'm still standing up. I'm not laying down in the ground. Those types of statements may be kind of cute and whatever, but they really are not helpful in understanding how we can live an abundant life. We don't say when someone tells us how you doing or how you feeling today, we need to come back with them and say things like this. We should respond to a question of how are you today and how are things with you? I think we should respond with something like, I'm blessed and I'm highly favored or I'm a child of God or something that points to God, to points to the abundant living that we have access to. Now, whether you're living in that abundant living right now, If you're living in that situation or you're not living into it, that doesn't mean that you cannot speak about living abundantly and claim that promise for your life and see your life change to where comments like, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. We need to get rid of that stuff, get it out of our vocabulary, and just receive the fact that we are a child of God. We are highly favored and we are a child of the almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth, the maker of all creation. Okay, let's move on here. I have a couple thoughts I want to talk about just specifically abundant living. As a believer in Jesus, let me tell you what I think abundant living is. It's defined as living according to God's will and according to the purpose he has for us in our life. When we do that, we're going to live abundantly. Now, that doesn't mean you're guaranteed, you know, a mansion to live in and gorgeous cars to drive, and tons of money in the bank. It just simply means this. Abundant living is defined as living according to God's will and fulfilling your purpose in life. Here's another one. Abundant living is described by Jesus in Matthew 6, 24 and 25. Let me read that to you. Now, Jesus is speaking here. He's talking to his disciples. And it's really a teaching about money and possession. So it applies very much to what we're talking about here for success, prospering, and abundant living. Specifically in this podcast, we're dealing with the subject of just abundant living or living the life abundantly. So Jesus says these words in 
It's in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 24. Jesus says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So right up front, he's dealing with the issue of finances, success, prosperity. What some people refer to as money being abundance. Well, money can be a part of abundance, but it's not all there is to abundance, not by a long shot. Verse 25, Jesus says this, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in the barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Think about that. Here Jesus is talking about something that that attacks us and comes after us and makes us worry and be concerned and be anxious about things. And he's telling you, don't worry about that stuff because God's got it taken care of. He's in control of everything. He wants you to live the abundant life and don't worry. You see, abundant living is not having worry and anxiety in our life. Oh, things come up and we have challenges and those things, but we've got to push our trust in God. The Bible tells us to be anxious for nothing, but with everything, with our prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our heart and guard our mind in Christ Jesus. When we get that scripture and we put it inside of us, I believe we're living abundantly. Abundant living is what every Christian desires. Matter of fact, abundant living is peace. It's a great definition of it. Abundant living is brought on by the Holy Spirit. He provides comfort and joy and happiness and contentment. Abundant living is Psalm 46 and 1 in the New International Version. God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. When we believe that, when we get that into our heart and in our mind and into our soul, we will understand what abundant living is all about and how to live that life. Abundant living is having our financial needs met. Matter of fact, even more finances than we'll need. More than enough. Now, I'm sure some of you out there are saying, I'll take that. I'll take a little of that more than enough finances to meet our needs. Well, I believe that God wants us to be able to be blessed financially so that we'll have our needs met and we will have an abundance to help others, to reach out to others. That's how the church should operate. When the church sets up its offering and they take the offering or receive it however they do, those funds should come in to support what the church is doing and also provide for the needs of their community. Okay, let me move on now to something I said in my introduction, and that is that I'm going to give you seven steps to obtain abundant living. Now, this is not a guarantee, but it's awful close to that because if we follow what God's Word tells us to do. If we do that, and not saying this is going to cover all of God's Word, but if we learn how to follow the teachings the Lord gives us, I can guarantee you that we will all live the abundant life. If we follow His direction for our finance, His directions for our family, our marriages, parenting, all the things that we're supposed to do and that God gives us instructions on, if we follow that, we would live the abundant life. So since we're not going to get into the entire word and cover it all, let's just cover a few points, give you seven points I think that may be helpful to keeping it a little bit condensed to help all of us understand that there really are steps to obtain abundance in our life and not just financial, but abundance in every area of our life. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4 in the New International Version, let me read you this scripture. You dear children are from God and have have overcome them 
That's the challenges of life. Because, now listen to this. Here's the most important part of this scripture. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Wow. We should learn to live that every day. We should believe that. All of us, every one of us needs to learn how to believe that statement. You see, we must live daily with that promise. Let me read the promise again and talk a little bit about it as we go through it. The one who is in you, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the power of God living and dwelling in us. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us. Now there's the gift of tongues and the the gift of the Holy Spirit that come into play, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm just saying that the one who is in you, which is the Spirit of the living God, comes into us when we become a child of God and receive Jesus our Lord and Savior. We cleanse ourselves of all the sins that we've done in our life, and we have a new life, we're a new creation. The Holy Spirit comes in, so the one who is in you is greater. Now that means that the Holy Spirit is greater than anything outside, anything out in the world, any demon in hell, any devil that's out there, any angry people that don't like you, relatives that are opposed to you or against you, friends that have turned against you, a husband that that turned on you and left you, or a wife that turned on you and left you. All of those things, the one who is in you, the Holy Spirit, is greater than the one who the one who's in the world, it says. So that means this, that means there's nothing out there that is more difficult or more challenging for the Holy Spirit than than what can he can handle. He can handle anything. Nothing is impossible with him. There's nothing impossible with God. And in our life, we've got to remember that the one that's in us, the one who's dwelling and living in us is greater than a diagnosis of cancer. Because I've had several of those in my life and been told I wasn't going to live. But the one who is in me is greater than a diagnosis of cancer. The one who is in me is greater than any financial failure that I might have. The one who is in us is greater greater than the child that's turned on us and has become a prodigal child. You see, the reason that I'm spending so much time on this one, and I made it the first one in my seven steps to obtain abundant living, is because we've got to believe this. Otherwise, we can't live abundantly. We've got to believe that the one who is in us is greater than those who are against us or those in the world. And we've got to believe when the Word of God says, if God is for us, who can be against us? It really doesn't matter who's against us if God is for us. Those scriptures are the things that carry us. Those are the words of God that carry us through the challenges of life. It doesn't matter what we come through we can live abundantly. When I was diagnosed with cancer 22 years ago, lost my right kidney, they were concerned about it spreading all over me and all that stuff. I had to rely upon the power of the Holy Spirit to help me through it. I had to rely upon God's word. I had to learn how to trust in the Lord with all my heart, lean not on my own understanding and all my way acknowledge him and he would direct my path. That's Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. Those are the things we've got to understand in order to live abundantly. And that's why I'm emphasizing this because that needs to be a part of our life. Maybe some of you out there might want to take a little piece of paper and write it on there or put it on your phone or something to keep that in front of you that the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. All right, I made my point. I'm going to move on. Step number two, we live abundantly when we never use the word lucky or luck. Now you might say, well, that's not very deep. Well, it really is very deep. You see, the word luck is a word that the world uses. They created that. They created that so that we could take our reliance upon God away, that we would place our hope in luck rather than in God. And yet so many people use that word constantly. When I'm around Christians and they say, well, you're lucky or you're lucky about this or I'm lucky about that, I always tell them, no, we really should say that we're blessed. Because of Christians, we should always believe that God wants to bless us. And I suggest we never 
use the word love. There's a, something my one of my former pastors used to say. He says, when there's a word that you think is wrong or something you don't want in your house, go to your dictionaries and find that word and scratch it out or cut it out. Get it out of there so that even your kids can't relate to that word. I think that's kind of an interesting point. But in reality, as believers in Jesus Christ, to live the, the abundant life, it has nothing to do with luck. It has nothing to do with coincidence or circumstances because luck will fail us when we're having problems and trials and challenges. But our faith in God and being blessed will carry us through that and we can still live that abundant life. All right, number three, to live abundantly, we should share our faith with others. I think that's a very important point because it builds our faith. When we share our faith with someone else, we're building our faith. When I tell someone that I'm blessed, if they don't ask me why, I'm going to tell them why I am. Say I'm blessed because I know that, that God cares for me. And or just something to let them know that I just believe that there's a higher source of blessing than just what's happening around us. So we've got to understand to live abundantly, we've got to openly share the faith that we have in Jesus Christ with others. And I don't mean that you can grab your Bible and go down the road and just start beating on the Bible and yelling at people to get saved. That's not what I'm talking about. But we should share our faith. The fact that the testimony that we have is something that will bless someone else. Jesus gave his disciples an order, and it's called the Great Commission. He, he told them to do this. He didn't say, I'd, I'd like you to think about maybe talking to people about Jesus or if you can't fit it into your schedule somehow or maybe when you're out fishing that maybe you might want to drop a little word like God is good or something. No, Jesus said very specifically that he told them to go out in the world. Matthew chapter 22 verses 18 and 19 in the New International Version, it says this, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then verse 19, listen to this, very direct. He didn't say, I hope you will, or maybe you will, or if you find time to do this. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, that means people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Great Commission was given to us by Jesus, not as a suggestion, but something he tells us that we need to do. And I know it's for some people it's very difficult for them to share their faith, but we've got to teach ourselves that what we have we need to share with someone else. You can do it in a soft manner. You can just simply say that you go to church and you can start the conversation there. You can say that you were at church the other day and you heard a wonderful message, or you met this wonderful person in church, or just somehow bring your church relationship into the discussion you're having with people. That opens up the window for you to have a discussion where you can share your faith. I would also encourage you, the way I many times get to share my faith is when I'm, I'm, I'm say I'm at a coffee shop or I'm at really checking out someplace, I'll just turn to someone and just say, you know, just smile at them or just say something like, you know, it's nice outside, whatever, or it's raining or whatever, just, just to get the thing rolling and say, you know, I'm just, just happy to be here. And they'll look at me kind of funny. I'll say, you know, because I was diagnosed with incurable cancer several years ago and and that was only told I had a short time to live. But now look what's happened. You might think, well, that's a little heavy. And that's not really at all. The people they, they're open to that. They enjoy that. And I'll say that, you know, I just want to know, I believe in prayer. And so I know God blesses us and helps us. So matter of fact, is there anything that I could pray with you about? This is a perfect stranger. You might say, well, boy, that's brash. No, it's not at all. You know, in all the people, and there have been a lot of people over the years, I won't boast about it, but just as often as I can possibly do it, I want to ask people, is there anything I can pray with you about? Let me give you an example. And please don't, please forgive me for the personal reference, but I wound up in the hospital. I went for 72 days. Every day I had to get antibiotic treatments to 
to take away an infection that was in my back. So 72 straight days, every day for three hours, I was had to go through this process. And I didn't think much about it because all of a sudden I found there was an opportunity. I was going to the hospital and I was going to be meeting with a nurse. And whether that nurse is a man or a woman, they would have to work with me for a period of about three hours. And I would go in there and I got to talking to them and I would tell them, by the way, I'm making a list of all the nurses here and I'm making a list of their first names so my wife and I can pray for them. And you're one of them. So I put your name on my list. And I'm telling you, every single time I mentioned that, some would say, oh, that's really sweet. Oh, that's so nice. Well, thank you so much. And then I would say something like, is there anything in particular I can pray with you about? Now here, I'm there to get treatment of medication and they're there to help me, but it's an opportunity. It's a wonderful opportunity. And I'm not suggesting you go to the hospital to do this. Stay away from the hospital. I want you to stay away from all hospitals because quite frankly, people die there. I know that's a weak joke, but nonetheless, I had to put that in there. We've got to understand that people need help. People need Jesus. We need to share our faith. And any opportunity we have, ask someone if you can pray for them or tell them you're praying for them. When you do, you make a connection. And many times it opens up to an opportunity to share your faith. Okay, step number four to live life abundantly. Remember, our past mistakes must not be repeated. That's an interesting point. It's very short and sweet, but quite frankly, past experiences can really hurt us. They can bring us down, but past experiences can also bring forth current bondage and not abundance. We should grow from our past mistakes and move into abundant living. We should not allow our past issues and mistakes and sins and the things that have been in our life to rob us of living that abundant life. Number five, seek knowledge to have abundance. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse 12, Jesus said this, those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. The part I want you to remember more than anything else in that particular scripture, when it first starts out, it says, those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. You see, knowledge is one of the key steps to living the abundant life. And the knowledge that we need is the Word of God. We need to get wisdom from God. We need to have the Word of God in our life daily so that we receive guidance and direction from Him and from His Word. All right, step number six. For abundance in our finances, put God first in our giving. I'm going to give you a little suggestion here. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I've preached an awful lot over in, in prior podcasts and did a whole series on, on finances recently. And I just want to make a statement about that. For abundance living, living that abundant life in our finances, we need to put God first in our giving and in all of our decisions that we make. We should pray and ask God, should we do that or not? Ask the Holy Spirit to help us with it. If you get confused about something you're praying about, then I believe you got your answer because when we're confused, I believe it's not of God because God is not the author of confusion, but he's the author of peace. So therefore, we need to put God first in our giving. Let me give an example, just a short one here. I suggest in your finances, give 10% of what you make to the Lord. That means to your local church. Give 10% to yourself to save and put a savings account and live on the other 80%. Now, you can't do that overnight. I realize that. But we should reevaluate our finances so that we can live on 80% of what we make and save 10 and give 10% to the work of the Lord. By doing that, you're preparing for your future. You're blessing the work of God. You're thankful to God for what he's done for you. And you're meeting your needs. Matter of fact, you might want to have an ultimate goal of giving the Lord or the church that you go to 20% of what you make, save 20%, and live on 60% of what you make. That means really working out an understanding of what you really need 
in your daily life. Because I can tell you right now, if you give 20% or 10% to the work of the Lord, it's going to make you a better steward of the money that you have. What you have left over, you're going to be better at managing it if you've given some of it away. And if you save 10 or 20% of the money that you have now, whether you're a young person or a middle-aged person or even an older person, if we can learn to save, then we will not lack, quite frankly, in the area of our finances and we will have an abundance in our finances. Okay, move on number seven. Step number seven when it comes to understanding the way to obtain abundant living. Don't listen to those who believe that Christians cannot be successful or prosper or live abundantly. Their their argument, and I've had them right in my face and telling me, you can't talk about that. You can't talk about success. You can't talk about finances. You can't talk about those things. Their argument to me has always been that that these things are showing your self-centeredness and you're being selfish. You know, our response to that should be, in God's word, it encourages us to be successful. It encourages us to prosper. It encourages us to live the abundant life. So that pretty much dismisses the argument that people have that say it's self-centeredness and all that to talk about these things. And I even had a guy recently make a statement. He said, I can't believe you want to talk on success because nowhere in the Word of God does it talk about success. So I immediately went to the Word of God and started looking at whatever. Some translations use the word success multiple times. In the Old Testament, it's used quite frequently. In the book of Proverbs and Psalms, it's used quite frequently. And also in the New Testament. So, you know, so much for that argument. But we 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 just know that God wants to bless us. Once again, why would God put over 2,000 references in his word, Old and New Testament, talking about finances, prosperity, success, living abundantly, and all those things. Why would he spend so much time on that? Now, he talks about how to get it and how good it should be and why it can bless us and where it can, how we can make that happen in our life. But he also warns us many times in the Word of God to avoid those things and don't let those things rob us of a blessing with God. Don't let success, don't let prosperity, do not let abundant living that's seeking for it um, rob you of the fullness of God. I made a statement in a prior podcast and I said, whatever you do, I think it was on prosperity, whatever you do, don't seek prosperity. Well, that applies to abundance. We should not seek success. We should not seek prosperity. We should not seek abundant living because only thing we should do is first seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these things will be added unto us. So seek God first. But if we seek God and we get into his word, we will find and God will bring to us through his teaching and his words, these issues of success, prosperity, and living abundantly. It's all in the word of God. You'll find it there, but just don't seek it seek God. All right, well, I'm going to close out this podcast now because, well, I'm kind of running out of time and I want to spend a moment very quickly to tell you about what's coming up in my next podcast. As a matter of fact, I've been talking about spiritual prosperity and financial prosperity. I've been talking about abundant living and all those types of things. Well, I'm going to talk about how we can have it all, how we can have spiritual growth and these other blessings in our life. So my next podcast coming up, is entitled, How to Have It All. You know, people will come to me sometimes and say, Pastor, I appreciate you talking about giving to the church or that you do this or you do that. But you know, I just can't do that. I can't afford to give to the church and still pay my bills. And I think when we feel that way, we're robbing God of the opportunity to teach us how to get these things in order. And we're and we're refusing to discipline ourselves and to allow ourselves to lean upon the Holy Spirit, lean upon the Word of God, and trust God to take care of these things in our life. So I believe that we can have it all. That by what 
having it all means to me is that we can grow spiritually and grow financially. That we can grow in our walk with God and operate with the Holy Spirit in us and help people and witness people and share our faith and be successful in business. That we can do all those things. There are no limitations on God. God wants to bless us in every area of our life, whether it be our home, our family, whether it be our job, the career that we have, the work that we do, the possessions that we own, the money that we give to the church, all those things. He wants to bless us in those areas. And so let's not limit God. Let God be God. That means let him do what he is going to do. So let me just give you a couple little lines that will be included in this next podcast, how to have it all. Let me show you what having it all means. We're going to discover how God's word can show us we can have more than we think we can. That doesn't mean we're greedy because he wants to bless us with more than we think we can be blessed with. That's in every area of our life. How much is enough for you is something we'll talk about. And we will look into the good and bad sides of being successful and prospering and seeking the abundant life because we should never seek any of these. And how does a Christian keep in balance the blessings of God, his walk with God, and his work, his home, and his family? It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. So with that, let me just close this in prayer. Father, thank you for blessing this podcast. I pray those that listened in received it with a positive open of heart and under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. Bless them and keep them, I pray, and I'll thank you for it now and give you the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you'd like to know more about Quality Christian Living, you can do that by going to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you go there, the front page has a link to these podcasts. This is podcast number 249 and that means we've done a lot of podcasts and there's there are series on business there's series on finances there's series on the gifts of the spirit the manifestations of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit there's a series of messages on faith for miracles and one dealing with how we can increase our faith and be blessed of the Lord to do that. So I hope that you'll enjoy that. In addition to that, if you would like to know more about my writings, you can just scroll down on that front page and you'll see a reference to some books that I've written. If you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do that by going to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. So I'm wrapping this up, but so thankful that you listened in today. I want to close this with just a few words that I like to share at the end of each podcast. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until next time, I pray that God will richly bless you. And I pray that you'll walk in the fullness of God and you'll live that life abundant living that Jesus said he wants us to live life and live it more abundantly. That's what this is about. It's not getting rich. It's not about having more money than the next guy. It's living that abundant life. It's having the power of God in our life. It's being led by the Spirit of God. It's being instructed by His Word and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So thank you once again for listening in to the Quality Christian Living Podcast. And I am your host, David Friend. Once again, may God richly bless you.